What up? Welcome to the show. Patreon. Patreon exclusive. <laughs> exclusive. Man. Oh, this is a Patreon episode. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. We in the thing. Uh-uh. You got a new haircut. I did. It's kind of a Nazi haircut. I will like I'd be saying shit on Twitter like, I stand Steve Bannon. Do you know who that is? Mm-mm. He used to work for Trump. He's a huge white supremacist. And by huge, I mean huge. He looks like a Ren and Stimpy character. You remember that show? I do. He looks like he was a. He looks like a fucking character from Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> he looks like like if you did a like close. You know, you remember on Ren and Stimpy where they do the close up shots and it was like really detailed and like their faces were gross and they'd have like pimples and shit like on their face. It, that's yeah. what he looks like. Wow. You should Google him. Well, fuck. I guess you can't. I can't. Yeah. I have a phone. I have a car. Phone. Money. You're fucking really just taking it from all fucking angles lately, <laughs> man. Shit. I want to is- be fucked, but not like that. Shit is just not going good for anybody, including you. No, like my whole um, work family, everybody has been saying like June was the worst month of their life. June was has been the worst month of my life. June 2019, I've said it on here before, June 2019, worst month of my fucking life, for sure. You look so much like your dad with this haircut. Do I? I think I have a thing for him. I know this yeah. sounds crazy. Yeah, I'm probably going to chill on that. <laughs> no, I'm just saying he is attractive. Yeah, well, I wasn't going to be weird. I know you're not. I'm doing it. Doing it for there the comedy. Go. Doing it for the goofs. Shutting me down. Doing it for the gags. Doing it for the goofs. For the goofs. Yeah, it's weird. I guess not having a phone. Like, uh, how, How's that been? This day and age, well, that's something to talk about. I need my phone number one because everybody does. I know. I'm just saying. I'm talking no. about me. Oh, I know, but that's <laughs> kind of goes to show you how fucked it is. Like when you unplug from that, how how fucked you are now. It's kind of sucks. Yeah. It's just very convenient for stuff. Like since my car's been broken down, like on days that Nick works early, I'll take a lift to work and then he picks me up. To use Lyft, you need an app because when a person come get you, you need to know how they look in the car, and when you go outside, you need to know where you're going. Yes, can't do and that to, to, to get it to begin with. Yeah, can't order food at work. Can't do anything. Can't make phone calls. No. What else can't you can't do? Text. It's crazy how phones have made everything like just so easy to where you don't have to leave your house ever. You can live in your own prison basically, and it's still like be convenient. You know what yeah, I mean? I love it. <laughs> I love prison. Take I me love there. My home prison. I don't have to be at work. Take me there. T- don't take me to prison. <laughs> God, it sounds like a fucking ugh, prison. Don't take me there ever. That's yeah. that's one thing I'm scared of more than anything. Like I've had bad dreams about going to prison. I haven't even done anything wrong. Really? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I've had dreams where I've buried a body. And like in the dream, I'm like paranoid about like them finding a body I buried, and it's like, why am I having these dreams? I haven't had them recently, but I've I've had them before. Like I think once a year, once every other year, maybe I, since I was like 20, probably I've had dreams like that. Oh wow! Is it because of your salacious past? You I think a little bit. Past life. Well, no, I think it is a little bit though, because used to I used to be pretty rowdy. And uh, I, I've seen an interrogation room before, not for anything serious. It was for like shoplifting and shit like that. And it was a Walmart interrogation room. Such a bad boy. I've told the story on here like way back when the podcast started, but mm-hmm. when I used to do that scam at Walmart when I got caught doing it. And the gift card thing. Yeah, I got caught um, stealing from there trying to do that. And uh, 
got interrogated by these two Walmart cops, which, man, they really thought their job was cool. Like, I was nervous as fuck, too, and he was like, you want to know what I do? I pose as a customer all day and catch people like you stealing stuff, and I was like, oh, man, I was like, that actually sounds pretty cool. He's like, yeah, it is. I'm like, well, I mean, not really. I was just saying that to fluff you up and make you feel better about yourself. It's really lame how cool you think it is. those guys on the shows we watch? So, Nicholas, tell us. No, he was playing bad cops. He was playing bad cop. Free your mind. This they were both playing he bad cop. One guy was like, "Tell me where," because I was still in Coruscant and cough medicine to get high on because I was a fucking idiot. And I <laughs> don't advise that. Of all things to steal. It was well, Coruscant, and it, like the reason people took it is because it was for high blood pressure too. It was cough syrup for high blood pressure. Yeah. So it was like getting high on cough syrup, and it lowered your blood pressure, which made you even more high, which made you trip, so to speak, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. It never did me for real. Mm-hmm. I thought it was stupid when I did it. I, I would throw up every time, and I hated it. It was not a fun oh, time. Hell. It was like a bad trip, if anything. And uh, they were like, where's the cough medicine? Like, there was one guy sitting down asking me, he's like, where's the cough medicine? And they, there was a guy back behind him pacing around doing these theatrics. Like, man, I'm sick and tired of this happening, man. It's every day with this shit. He's like, you got like a, a meth lab you're using this for? I'm like, No. Like, you already found it. You already found it. And then he was like, here's an ultimatum. You can either have your dad come get you, or you can go to jail. <laughs> Gee, I don't know. That's a tough decision. Which one am I going to do? Um, and I got my dad to come get me, and he was pissed. He was like, you fucked up real good this time. <laughs> I remember him saying that. Oh, man, I must have been a fucking nightmare to have around as a kid. Jesus. But, yeah. We've been watching the confession tapes on Netflix. Yeah, we've been really into like crime lately. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll jump on. You know, like I'll. That's one thing that annoying people are really into is the true crime shit. Annoying people? So yeah, I'm annoying. No, not you specifically. It's just like people they're that are annoying about it. Like there's so many true crime podcasts, and like the fans of it are weird. They're like, we stand Jeffrey Dahmer. Like he's so hot, Ted Ted Bundy's so hot. I've heard you he say that. Hot. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> are you fucking go? I had a dream that I had sex with him, and then he oh, choked no. me. I didn't die though. Did you do the thing like in the movie where he was like doing it, like you know, the no fra- for like a, a framing you in, getting you in the frame for a picture. You know how people do that with their fingers, like the yeah. He did that in the movie, which was a surprisingly decent movie. It really the Netflix was. one, yeah. Zac Efron, people shit on him, but I think he has a decent track record. He was like, oh, a, I always liked him. He was a Disney star in like High School Musical and all that shit. You got to start somewhere. He was a child star in right. in that, and I think he has done like the stuff that he's in that's like serious, more for adults, is yeah. good. He was in the Beach Bum that movie I saw this year. I think that's still my favorite movie I saw this year. Uh, we'll have to watch that. It's good. It's it's dropping on Prime tomorrow. Uh, Chris Ivy texted me that today. Actually, tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Zac Efron's in it, and he's great. Mm-hmm. He's a big douchebag that he meets in, that Matthew McConaughey meets in a rehab. It's such a wild movie. I love that movie. I think it's Harmony Corinne's best fucking movie. Um, but yeah, the confession tapes that we watched, which is really good. It's it's a show about cops 
different stories. Each episode is a different story about people being coerced yeah. into confessing to crimes they didn't commit, right. which is a fascinating fucking thing that you don't really think about happening. There are so many cases of it. People in jail right now for crimes they didn't commit because they were uh, just worn down by these interrogations. Yeah. Like you're in an interrogation room for 14 hours straight. You don't see the light of day. And the cops are sitting there telling you, if you just tell me you did it, you'll get to go home. If you're dumb enough, you'll do it. Um, I would never do that, especially after watching this. Me neither. I'm not saying a fucking word. You can keep me in there all you want. I'm get, I, I want a lawyer. I want to talk to a lawyer. Uh, and especially, like, even especially if you didn't fucking do it, get a lawyer. Yeah. Uh, that's what all these cases, too, like they say. Like, the people are like, if I tell you one thing, don't fucking talk. Even if you know you're innocent, don't yeah. fucking talk. Get a lawyer. Like that one episode, I can't remember the guy, but um, was it the first episode we watched of the new season where um, the girl stopped on the road, her car? Yeah. And like he was taking his daughter to work. And, and there's proof, there are yeah. witnesses that it was there the night before, they too. They just wore him down like so much. It's and so bad. he was on drugs and stuff. So he probably he wasn't, wasn't in his right mind. He wasn't, he wasn't on drugs, though. They, they, they made that up about him. Oh. He wasn't on drugs. I was halfway asleep when we were watching. That one guy said that, mm-hmm. but he was just saying that to make it sound, because he was a cop that was yeah. part of the reason he was in jail. He just seemed so mentally broken down, and it's like, That's, I wouldn't confess to something I didn't do, but I do understand They su- You never know till you're in that you situation, down. how they wear you down, yeah. and they promise you all these things that they're going to do for you, and then, like, uh, for example, there's an episode we watched, actually one of the ladies, the, uh, the, 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 the wife of the guy contacted me on Twitter, she liked one of my tweets, mm-hmm. and I was like, went and looked at her profile i was like holy shit that's that lady from the fucking episode we watched yeah and she was saying and like that episode in particular was interesting because the guy didn't admit to murdering anybody he just said he was there even though he wasn't yeah he said who did it even though he didn't know yeah and the person that he said did it in a confession is out of jail now and he's still in jail how's that work it's fucked up the lady said that um that i talked to on twitter said that uh they're 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 having a, their last appeal soon, and if it and I mean frankly, it doesn't look good. Yeah. He does. He's representing himself. Yeah, that's not good. He the reason he represented himself is why he's in this fucking to begin with. And they don't have money to afford it. I guess not. It sucks. It's very unfortunate. I really hate that for them. Yeah. It's sad. It's fucking sad. I really. I mean, I wish them the best. But if we're being honest, man, you know. Send him, you know, your best wishes, but also, like, it's not looking good. If he, yeah. The reason he's in this mess is because he didn't have an attorney, and now he's representing himself in court because he has no choice. That's so fucked. Yeah. That's so fucked up. You would think with the show getting widespread like it is that a, a, a lawyer would take it pro bono. Yeah. Like Usually a, they love doing stuff like that because it'll get them, like, exposure and it'd be good for your law firm. If you're a lawyer right. and you're listening to this, you, there's a guy that fucking needs your help out there, Maybe man. Maybe the one from, um, oh no, because she didn't really help, I guess. What she did kind of help for making a murder. Oh, uh, Kathleen Zelder? Yeah. Yeah, that's just such a high profile case that she's like, she's doing more than anybody else would. The fact she's getting it, like, hearings for it, period. I love the way is, that she speaks, though. Like, they went down there. She's like, yeah, we'll have a. Um, a it wasn't a subpoena. I forgot what it was called, but they had like so many different um, packs of like the. It's some legal word. I forgot. But anyway, basically to try to help him get out of jail, they went down to the courthouse and filed it. A petition, I think that's what it was called. Yeah. yeah. 
and um i don't know it's just the way that she dressed like her whole style was just it's funny to me but i i respect her no yeah she's like one of the best criminal defense attorneys ever especially for wrong especially for wrongful convictions she's like you can't do better than kathleen zellner apparently her whole team there was like johnny cochran in the 90s for like if you murdered somebody that's who you want yeah. If you did the fucking crime, that's who you want. If you didn't do the crime and you're in jail for something you didn't do, Kathleen Zellner, and there's police corruption behind it, Kathleen Zellner's your fucking woman. Yeah. That was just so fucked up. It sucks that um, there is a... Uh, season two kind of dwindled out. Season two was interesting if you're really into that case, but you could tell they were stretching it. Yeah, they, they, they were... It wasn't as good as the first season. They uh they were really stretching that one out. Uh, so yeah, we're this is a true crime podcast now. By the way, mm-hmm. um, true crime with the Nickster <laughs> Nick. Speaking of true crime, OJ's Twitter is fucking fire. <laughs> I love it. There's so many fake accounts too that like are putting crazy shit up, like saying they're a murderer and stuff, like admitting to murdering uh uh. Do you want me to do the thing since we're talking about OJ? What? The oh, evidence uh, on the TV. Oh, yeah. What you said to your <laughs> grandma. Tell, tell them that. Yeah. So when I was young, um, I used to watch the trial with my grandmother every day and my family. And, you know, most black people, at least most black people in my family, always said that he was innocent simply because they felt like this was just trying to be like pinned on him. Like, oh, they're trying to bring another black man down, yada, yada. But even as a child, like I've always been into like crime related stuff and all of that. So I would watch it and I was convinced that he did it. And my grandmother was like, no, they're just trying to pin it on him. And I was like, no, that's not true. As a child, I'm like, but grandma, but the evidence was on the teepee. But I don't remember saying that to her. She said that's what I told her. You probably did. But I do remember, like, discussing it and talking about it because I was so into it. And even to this day, I still watch, like, documentaries about it. Like, I told Nick how I used to go to the library and rent books. I rented the um, Monica Lewinsky book as a child that she wrote about giving head to the president and him coming on her dress. Yeah. And it actually allowed me to check that book out, which was so crazy. The uh, goat Bill Clinton, the, the, the... Sex predator, the King Me Too. too, King Me Too over there. <laughs> um, me too. He started the whole thing. Um, no, I think um, John F. Kennedy started all of it. The Me Too thing? No, not that. Just being a. Oh yeah, I about to say. Yeah, I don't think that. Uh, yeah, the thing with Monica Lewinsky, that was a little different. Happy birthday, <laughs> Mr. President. Well, that's inter- it's interesting we're talking about Me Too, because I know I've brought it up in the past three fucking episodes about Louie. But I did hear a counter-argument today that, 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 that uh, it was on this podcast called Keith and the Girl. I'm not sure the, the girl's name. She's known as the girl on there, though. <laughs> she, she made a really... No, she, she made, like, a really uh, good case. Uh, you know, and I don't... And I've never, for once, taken the stance that what Louie did was okay at all. Mm-hmm. I never have thought that. Yeah. I, all I've said this is like yeah, he should be able to perform where he's wanted. Mm-hmm. He should be able to still perform stand up where he's wanted. But she made the argument too, though, that I never really heard it put this way. She was like, uh, you know, when you hear like say you were molested or like you had that happen to you uh, by your uncle or something, 
and say somebody was like, well, yeah, we're going to bring them around, though, and you should, you know, just treat them as like nothing happened, that would bother you. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Apparently that happened to my mom. I don't know how true it is because she was on drugs. But she did tell me and my sister that my grandmother's brother molested her. And for so many years, I didn't say anything. And I held anger against my grandmother about that because I felt like they kind of, um, what's the word? Put a strain. Yeah. And so one day I just kind of came out and said something to her and my aunt about it because my mom had lied on me before like she called the police on me and said that i tried to attack her yeah and we had a verbal argument over the phone and she sent them to my grandmother's house oh my god so i know how she can be and they basically like no that's not true and like everybody kind of basically you know denied it or whatever but um i mean i don't know because like i said in southern families i'm not sure for other races but in black families a lot of people like to cover that stuff up and they don't want it to be like known if yeah. it happened it's like okay well you know just be quiet yeah and it's fucked up uh i hate to take a break let me take a break for two seconds you can't tell me nothing boom 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 can't tell i'm gonna take my horse through the whole town road you know he came out Lil Nas X, the guy that made the songs gay. Really? Mm-hmm. He came out. Mm-hmm. One of the, speaking of, you know, I was talking about uh, OJ's Twitter. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of fake ones that, you know, post jokes yeah. as OJ. And uh, one of them was like, I'm not gay, but I'd fuck Lil Nas X cute ass. <laughs> wow. It'd be funny if that was the real OJ. It's just funny, all these people coming out. Why's that? Everybody's gay. A bisexual. It kind of shows you there's a uh, spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made a tweet that said, I, I, just because I'm gay don't mean I'm not straight. Which, I think it just means he's on the, the uh, what is that called? Kinsey scale. The Kinsey scale somewhere. Yeah. Uh, that's the way I think Tyler the Creator is too. I think most people are. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, it's difficult it's very like i said acceptable when it comes to women but when it's like yeah. it's a man it's very different but it does I can seem say, more so from my experience it's another thing women have easier than fucking guys <laughs> <laughs> from my experiences like i feel like every guy well not every guy but a lot of guys that i've talked to dated had sex with etc i don't feel like are like completely gay or bisexual i just feel like people like who they like mm-hmm. if that makes that's sense. the way i am yeah that's the way i am yeah you know because i don't know i feel like i don't know how can i put this because it's like you like me and my femininity but if we weren't together like i couldn't see you with like a guy guy no i i could never <laughs> see that nothing wrong with it obviously but i yeah. couldn't either i'm just that's not i'm not attracted to men really right you know what i mean yeah uh so i don't know it's it's weird that's why it was weird when 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 i came out as whatever because mm-hmm. i was like well i'm not i don't want and i didn't want it to be like uh my identity either because mm-hmm. i i hate that shit yeah 
I didn't want to be looked at different because I'm the same fucking person. And I don't feel like anybody does. I don't either. I'm sure some people do. Mm-hmm. My fucking mom does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's uh, it's interesting. It's been an interesting year. Have y'all had any, like, further conversations about No, nah, we won't. Mm-hmm. I don't think we will. Mm-hmm. I'm not comfortable talking about it with her. I mean, I don't mean it like that. I just mean, like, it's like she just accepts you as her son. And yeah, yeah. It's her life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't think uh, she's 100% with it, but she mm-hmm. will be. You know, she's going to have to be. And it doesn't really put a strain on anything. At this point, it's not like anything's different. Yeah. Um. Because, like, I'll mention I'm over here, or, like, I have to take you to work or shit like that, and it's, like, not an issue. She doesn't, like, sigh or show any mm-hmm. sign of it being anything more than what it is, mm-hmm. which is good. I didn't even know you did that. So you actually tell her stuff like that? Yeah, because, like, during this time, she's mm-hmm. kind of, she does shit like, you know, handling estates and shit for a living. So mm-hmm. who better to do that than somebody I trust like her with, yeah. with my dad's stuff? Mm-hmm. Um than my mom you know yeah. somebody i see often somebody can you know always get a hold of i know where they live uh you know stuff like that mm-hmm. somebody that's not gonna dick me over on something like that yeah so like i'm having to be in touch with her a lot like she has to come by my house a lot now to for me to sign documents like uh, yeah. bill of sales stuff like that for yeah vehicles mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of shit my dad had a lot of shit and uh so like there's a lot of paperwork and stuff and so like i'm having to tell her if i'm with you i'm with you so i don't have to so i can't meet her at currently or like we're, yeah. we're doing something so like we'll have to put it off till when i'm available yeah but yeah it's interesting it's a weird world we live in uh twitter really exposes a lot of how fucking strange this world is if you ever find if you ever start dating somebody and they're like uh one of their main things about them is that they're good at twitter you should fucking run because i feel like people that are good at twitter are not there's not much more there <laughs> do you know what i mean there's not well they're they're, they're obs- you saying it people that are good at twitter well good at oh, what, are your, what is your profession i'm good at twitter yeah there's people like that and it's like plotting they're funny on there and that they, they, they have a good sense of humor but like there's not much else outside of that i just didn't even realize people were still on there until me and nick dated because i've been off twitter for like years i used to be on there when it first came out and they had like different little tweet apps like i forgot what it was called but i had like different little apps that i downloaded i would use on twitter instead of the actual twitter app it was other stuff like tweet watch or something like that and i would just tweet like my favorite reality stars like one of the members of danity kane one of the people what is it with like danity kane what and gay people yeah gay and trans people i don't know i guess at least from my experience like you remember the show making a band yes on mtv yeah I watched that show from like ninth grade up until he actually chose them. And it took like basically years for him to de- put the group together and decide because he started the show. He wasn't happy with the final people that he chose. So he stopped it, started again. It was like years and years. So I was invested in those people and I grew to like them. And it was like these two girls that was my favorite, which was Andrea and Aubrey. 
and when they finally made the group, I don't know. I guess it's like I was just emotionally invested in it. And what? Like, they've broken up, got back together, they're back together again. Now why is their three. name Danity Kane? They, one of the members, Don, they were in the um, studio, like just kind of lounging around, and she was drawing a character. And they just came up with the name because she named the character. It was like a comic book character, Danity Kane. And then when they thought about it, they just decided to name it. It's an interesting name. It is. I don't know where you, you, you come up with that, really, because it's I not. I don't either. But I feel like it's very, it defined them. But yeah, I don't know. A lot of gay people like them. A lot of people that I know that aren't gay like them because we were just all emotionally invested. Yeah. I would imagine that show had viewers that weren't gay, too. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm not shitting on you. Uh, but no, I bring up Twitter, though, because like all kinds of there's all kinds of different weird niche corners of Twitter. One I found recently that is very interesting and odd and incredibly depressing and sad and tragic is heroin addict Twitter, where people just like that's all they post about is their addiction and like them doing heroin picture and like it like like it's a hobby really yeah some and it's you know heroin addiction is very like the worst kind of drug you can be addicted to mm-hmm. there's nothing worse the withdrawal i mean i had opiate withdrawal which is similar to that mm-hmm. and i would imagine with heroin it's 10 times worse than with oxycodone it's similar but probably amplified oh times 10. i know my grandfather is a heroin addict but it's like god damn like and, and you know it make uh, opioid addiction makes you want to die like i remember thinking at one point i'm like if i'm still doing this when i'm 30 i'm killing myself i had that set in stone i was like i'm gonna od because like i can't do this anymore it's that bad it's like the pain it's just so painful and like just a miserable way to live and it's it's like you're trapped. Like the, if it weren't for Suboxone, people shit on Suboxone a lot. But if it weren't for that, I would probably be dead or like definitely been arrested a few times uh, or possibly prison. There's no telling what I'd be doing. I'd probably be a full blown heroin like, addict. Experimenting with drugs, like even before it got serious, I would say like, is there something that prompted you to do that? Like you were stressed and like, and happy or you just wanted to get high? Probably a little bit of both. Um, bored, boredom with life in general. I uh, had found lore tabs, uh, in high school mm-hmm. and occasionally popped them in Percocet, found those at my house, mm-hmm. my parents' medicine cabinet, popped those. Um, uh, I was like, this feels awesome. I remember when I worked at a grocery store, I'd, tar- I'd start taking Percocet, and I was like, this helps me work. Mm-hmm. This makes me being at work tolerable. Mm-hmm. Like, if you can make being at work tolerable and, like, you almost enjoy being there because you feel yeah. so good, mm-hmm. um, you're going to take that. Yeah. And so I'd do that. And then it wasn't like, a, I wasn't addicted to it then. I just liked it a lot where I was like, I'll take it whenever I can. But if you had taken them from me, it wasn't like physical withdrawal to where I'd do anything to get it just about. Mm-hmm. But then I moved to Hoover and was working at uh, True Green, mm-hmm. and uh, I had a neighbor that sold lore tabs, mm-hmm. and I just was taking so many every day, and like to where like if I couldn't didn't take them, I was getting physical withdrawal. Wow! So like I would leave on my route to go meet him, mm-hmm. and like I'd have to take them every day, or I just like wouldn't be able to function. So like then that became like a hunt for that every day to where it was like I'd plan out how many I was going to take like like it was like breakfast lunch dinner like mm-hmm. take that and I then I had a friend introduce me to somebody that that, that could because I couldn't find lore tabs one day and he was like well just find 
there's a dude I know that has 30 milligram Roxy's and those were the game changer. Those are what I got real fucking hooked on. And I found that guy started buying from him. And then that just became every day was like a hunt. If I, if I, even if I had them, I was like, I got to plan out the next day. Cause if I run, when I run out of these, it's bad. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, that's all my wife was. Mm-hmm. That's all I thought about. I'd be on them and I was like, I'd get high and I'd be high and I'm like, all right, I feel good now, but I need to figure out the plan. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, fuck. So like days that I, I couldn't get a hold of them or didn't have them was me trying to get in touch with them all day where i'd be getting angry that he wasn't answering well and like i would just be pacing around like all i could think about i gotta figure something out i gotta figure something out i gotta figure something out Mm -hmm. it's like who wants to live like that it's just interesting like picking your brain about this stuff because like i said i know i always say this probably on every episode but i just you're just a totally different person from those stories oh i am me so it's just like wow i just can't believe it's all i cared about yeah it it was such a fucking yeah and it got to that point to where there were the times i didn't have it or i'd be waiting on it or something i'd just be like man like dating or relationships on and off like not long Mm -hmm. because that would that would overpower it yeah i remember one time uh one of my ex-girlfriends uh i was at a friend's house and she knew i took them mm-hmm. but i didn't realize how severe it was i don't think mm-hmm. and like she lost one and i snapped i was just like you need to find i was like well, you have to i was like you have to help me find this or we can't like this day's over i was like i might have to go lay in bed or find we have to leave where we're at we have to cancel all plans and go find some mm-hmm. and it was just like man no wonder she left yeah uh it was just bad and uh i remember uh just it, it, just wanting to die like when I wasn't on them mm-hmm. like just hated my fucking life uh not going to work because I couldn't find any if I if there was a day I didn't have them I was not going to be there <laughs> like yeah. uh, um it's crazy like uh how much that fucking it, it sounds like a cliche but it like cha- makes you a person that you're not yeah um it's wild and i'm so glad that i'm not that person anymore it's it's such a relief to know that that's not who i am anymore that's not who i really am yeah uh that's why i kind of sympathize with people on that are on it really bad Mm -hmm. because i know how bad it is and nobody wants to wake up and be that person yeah you know no who the fuck wants that i used to always ask my mom like that you know the story i said she was a drug addict and I just never understood, like, how she would choose that, like, over her kids. Like, it's pretty, yeah. it's crazy. And you'd think, man, you know, you're going to do something. But, like, if you don't have, uh, that's where the fucking, without sounding lame, I don't really know. Like, the judicial system mm-hmm. fails people like that. Because instead of throwing people like that in prison for, like, opi- opioid addiction, when it's clearly, like, you did this because you're addicted did to something and and, and providing tr- the proper treatment for it uh you throw them in jail that's not helping anybody they're just they're gonna sit in there and detox and go through withdrawal they're gonna try to find a way in jail to do it and they're gonna do something stupid in jail or as soon as they get out they're gonna go right back and probably rob somebody to fucking get it because they're gonna be hurting so fucking bad because those withdrawals pretty much don't fucking go away mm-hmm. you can't do it cold turkey like and if you do you're gonna be sitting in misery for like a couple of months every single day waking up for like two months like in hell 
every wow. single day and like every minute feels like an hour that sounds horrible it's awful it's worse than it's like the flu times 10 mm. it's just man it's just such a poison like so when you're throwing these people that are on heroin and shit in, in prison you're making them worse like I wish there were a way to fix it to where you could just like have um, free facilities for treatment, free treatment facilities. But that's just not feasible. Like if yeah. who can afford that? It's so expensive to go to treatment. I know, like those places like Betty Ford. Yeah, Betty Ford and like uh, Bradford. Uh, like I never went to rehab. I've never went to rehab. or something. Yeah. No, I got put on Suboxone. I'm one of the very, I guess, small percentage of people that it's worked for. How did that happen, though? Like, the whole process of you getting on that? Oh, I was just, like, at the end of my rope, and I was like, I'd heard about it. Mm-hmm. I'd even taken it a few times, and I was like, oh, this for sure works. Because mm-hmm. I'd take it, and I was like, man, I feel normal. Because mm-hmm. Suboxone, what it is, is, like, most, most when I got it, it was like, you know, a strip, mm-hmm. and you put it under your tongue. Mm-hmm. And it dissolves and it takes all your fucking withdrawal symptoms. It doesn't get you high. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do anything except make you, makes you feel normal. It makes you feel like you're supposed to feel. It yeah. makes you feel like a normal human being. Yeah. You just it gets rid of withdrawal symptoms. It mm-hmm. doesn't get you high. I can't stress that enough. People think it's some kind of other drug that gets you high. It doesn't. Yeah. It's a opioid. It's a opioid blocker. Like when you told me about that, I did like a small amount of research on it, and I saw stuff like that with people like, oh. I felt high, or I thought it, was it might be that way. It could blah. be that way for people that don't have massive opioid addiction, like mm-hmm. or withdrawal symptoms. Yeah. But it, it it alleviates withdrawal symptoms and makes you not. It makes you not. Um, it doesn't get you high, like if you're on opioid. It, it's an opiate blocker, mm-hmm. to where even if you take it and you try to do heroin or opiates, like mm-hmm. you, you're not going to get high. Yeah. So like it, um, and that right too, it gives you incentive not to do drugs while on it yeah because it's like it's not gonna do anything it's just a waste of money yeah. and um but that helped me like uh i got put on that and like i just tapered myself off of it moved to la mm-hmm. and that's a different story because when i was out there no not a lot of people know this but like i was got back on opiates like i started taking lore tabs again really mm-hmm. and then came back and was a uh, full-blown fucking addict again and got put back on Suboxone. But with the Suboxone, though, like, how that started is I was at the end of my fucking rope. I had nowhere to fucking, like, turn to. Mm-hmm. I had to come clean. I, I, like, I, I, like, talked to my mom, and I was just like, Mom, like, look, uh, she knew something was up. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the past few years, I'd just been struggling pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, look, I was like, I'm just going to come clean with you. Like, I have a bad problem, and I really, like, I don't want to be this way anymore. I won't help. I just, I don't have anybody to help me. Can you, mm-hmm. can you help a little bit with this and like, just help me find like a Suboxone clinic mm-hmm. and like, I'm like, I'll, I'll give my whole paycheck to it. If you can just help me the, with the initial fucking startup. Yeah. And she did that. And I was like, I was like, it was the hardest, one of the hardest things I've ever done, you know, save other things that are obvious, but, mm-hmm. uh, having to tell your mom you're a fucking drug addict's not easy. Um, yeah. But I was like, yeah, like I was like, I need help. And I'm like, I'm, I'm telling you right now, like if you do this for me, like I, I, I'm going to put everything into this. Cause I, I'm telling you, I can't live like this anymore. Yeah. Like I, I can't, I'm like, I want to die. Like it's so bad. Mm-hmm. I remember where I was at. I was at uh, uh, a friend of mine. I won't say their name in case they listen, you know, 
Not that it matters. I never, one thing I never did is I never stole from my friends or anybody. I always supported it myself. I found a way, like I would sell my own shit, pawn it. Uh, I never stole from anybody. Yeah. Um, so like, I, I do pride myself that it never got that bad. Because mm-hmm. I think it would have certainly if it uh, kept going. Like I probably would have started stealing from people. But I never did that. And um, I was like, uh, you know, I need help bad like i just like i got i have to do this and i did it and and, you know i did it again when i moved back and it never even like thinking about pills like makes me sick thinking about pills or any kind of oh i know like i remember you know like with me dealing with lupus and stuff and there's been different times where i had to go to the doctor and they prescribed me certain things like i told you about the muscle relaxers he was like no do not take those yeah it's like don't I can't remember what else it was, but she was like, be careful with those or something like that. Like, you've always been very, like, you know, stay away Stay the from fuck stuff. away from that shit. Yeah. yeah it's poison. I, like, I, it took me two times fucking up. It took me relapsing to be like, no, nah, I can't fuck that. Yeah. I, I'm 30. I can't fucking do this. Like, I will, if I do it again, I'm not getting out of it. Yeah. You can you can only get so many fucking chances with that shit before people are like, well, this is a pattern. He's a lost cause. Like, just... Yeah. And when you're stranded and, like, have no help with that, you're penniless, you can't find drugs or anything, you're just, like, fucking hope... You you, you never... Uh, there's never been a point where you wanted to be more dead. Mm-hmm. Where you're just like, there is no point in fucking living. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, like, I try to think about that. I think a lot of my anxiety and depression comes from a little bit of being sober to where, like, I'm not used to being so this sober for as long as I have. I haven't touched a drink or fucking drugs and like I haven't touched drugs in a while but uh alcohol I haven't drank like I did in like almost two years but uh I don't think I've had a drop of it in at least a year and uh I don't think about it I don't really crave it at all but I do think uh because you have like a bottle at your house yeah it just just sits sits there there. collects us there's beer in my there's beer in my fridge I haven't touched for a year or over that probably. Yeah. But I do think like the reason I'm even more anxious and depressed and have anxiety is like I'm not used to just not having a substance to like alleviate that for me. Yeah. Like uh you know how I pace a lot and stuff before mm-hmm. I go do stand up. Like I'm about to do like I'm about to go do a set now. When we're done recording this, I'm gonna pace for till I leave. But I think a lot of that and anxiety and depression is like, I don't drink anymore to alleviate it. This is kind of making me understand you a lot better. I feel like we're having like a little mini therapy session. Yeah, like <laughs> it makes sense now. You know, I thought about it recently that like I don't drink or do anything anymore has a lot to do with my anxiety and depression. Yeah. My brain's not used to like being 100% clear and it scares me sometimes. Yeah. Like, because used to, I didn't get scared of like death or any of that stuff. And now like that I have clarity with all that, it like does scare me. And, like, I, I get scared of just existing sometimes. Like, life is yeah. fucking terrifying to me. And uh, I don't have I don't, I don't don't have alcohol or drugs to, like, when I feel that way, to be like, well, I'll drink this, mm-hmm. and it'll make me not think about it. Yeah. So I just think about it all the time. Yeah. I'm trying to get better about it. Maybe I need medication that doesn't get you high or anything, like antidepressants or mm-hmm. something. I refuse to take Klonopin or Xanax. I'll never do that. I don't give a fuck what kind of shrink. The best shrink in the fucking world could yeah. tell me that I'm not fucking doing it. I've taken Xanax once in my life when my grandmother died. They prescribed it to me, and I had never taken it before because, you know, I've never really done, like, drugs or anything like that. I hate it. And during, well, no, they gave it to me during the time she was dying. 
and literally I popped them every single day, like probably twice a day. I just popped them. And you forget, you forget the day. Sleep. They would just make me very numb. But um, I don't like feeling like that. Yeah, that makes me understand you a lot better. Just like conversations that we've had, like about our relationship and stuff, and how you've said, you know, you're not used to being in one this long, and I feel like you are. I mean, I know everybody's kind of just going with the flow with their life, but I feel like you're adjusting, I guess, to... Adjusting and trying to figure out, like, am I doing everything right? I want to do everything right. Am I fucking up at all? I worry, like, that I'm not doing everything correctly a lot. Especially after everything that you just told me, like you've come a long, long, long way, and I feel like you should be proud of yourself about that. I am. I'm very proud that I like I take care of myself and uh, health wise, even like I do. I mean, I yeah. smoke still, but I'm that's one. That's the final thing I gotta fucking stop. We both do. Yeah, but like health wise and everything, I do like have I have structure to my life now. Yeah, I feel like I'm a good person. Yeah. I feel like a. a, a I help you when you need help. I yeah. would never be even in a position to do that when I was on yeah. drugs, much less do it. Yeah. Like if I have money, you don't have money. I give you some yeah. and vice versa. You do the same for me, yeah. but like, I've never been in a position to do that for anybody. Um, get me emotional talking about this. No, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's, it, it's insane. Like how far I've come and still how hard it is. Uh, it just kind of goes to show you life's fucking hard. Yeah. Like, I've done everything right, and, like, I'm still worried that I'm not, like, doing everything right. And it's cry right now. Well, no, don't don't get sad. It's a good thing. <laughs> I mean, th- I'm not sad. It's like happy tears. Yeah. I mean, it's good. It's good, but uh, I do worry. Um, thank you for hugging me. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, I'm trying. Don't get that on your shirt. You have a um, kiss mark on your face. Yeah. You can wipe it on the couch. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to then. But yeah, uh, sorry this episode's not that funny. It kind of gives you an idea like why I am the way I am. I know I yeah. get angry sometimes. I'm trying to be a better person ultimately is all I'm trying to do is just be a good yeah. person. And that's my whole thing. Like from this conversation, a lot of stuff for me is kind of like clicking. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Okay, now this makes sense. Because half of our relationship, I've always been like so not confused because it's like I know how you feel about me but I will always question certain little things I'm like well why does he do this or why does he do that or why does he react this way and after this this is kind of makes more up to me yeah yeah I uh I don't know like uh I'm in a position right now where uh I'm gonna get something to wipe that off I'll be back okay I'm in a position right now where um I'm not really struggling financially and that's the first time I can ever say that. And uh, a lot of it has to do with uh, shitty circumstances that are apparent now. My dad was a provider till his last dying breath, obviously. And uh, he um, left left me with, you know, being able to take care of myself. Uh, and if I were a drug addict or an alcoholic or anything and irresponsible like I was even two years ago, like I would blow through this money, but I'm in a position now where I'm like, I feel kind of, uh, 
like it's distasteful to, to discuss this, but it does have a lot to do with explaining how, how I am now and like how I'm more responsible than I was. But the other day I had to go close his bank account. And, you know, like it was really just a, a trip that I was like dreading. You know, I don't like doing stuff like that. And I went and I was like, you know, um, I'm going to close his bank account. I don't know what happens when you do that. And they were like, all right, we're going to write a check to you for everything in it. And I'm like, okay. And what was in it was a decent amount of money. Like more than, way more than I thought there would be. Yeah. And uh, seeing that much money in cash scared me. I remember you. I was like, I almost, I, like I, I almost don't want it. I almost don't want it. And that sounds crazy. And I, honestly, if I had, the, obviously, 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 if I had the choice to like have him back, that, that, that doesn't fix that pain. That doesn't fill that, yeah. that hole ever. And that, that makes more sense to me, too, because I thought people that used to say money can't buy you happiness were crazy. Yeah. But seeing that firsthand, I get that now. Yeah. That, like, man, that really doesn't fill that void that was left with this happening at all. Yeah. It doesn't. Nothing your can. your situation, I understand that. In my situation, sure. I would be happy. It might be different. Not like that. I'm just saying if I came across a nice amount of money, but not from that yeah. circumstance. It, well, it might be different because of the circumstances, too. It might be yeah. if somebody were just like, hey, here's a check for a lot of money Yeah. Um, here, that would be different because it feels like... I somewhat earned it that somebody's just kind of giving it to me as like a, a, pr- a prize of some sort. Yeah. But this is like, this is a man's, he worked for that. He worked his ass off for that. Yeah. And he's gone now. And that's, uh, not my money. You know, Yeah. it doesn't feel right having that. Um, so like what I've done with it is, uh, we, we've put it in an account and, uh, we're gonna take care of bills, his bills and stuff with it, and debts yeah. and stuff, which you know is what you're supposed to do. And I, I don't think that I would have been able to do that two years ago. I just think I've grown as a person as far as that goes. Yeah. But yeah, it sucks. Like I, I, I don't like even thinking about that. Like it, it, it sucks because that no amount of money fills that fucking that that hole that was left uh by something that fucking terrible happening something that fucking unexpected happening it's like nothing can fix that yeah. that's just pain that'll always be there um it's not fair it it absolutely isn't fair it's not like just somebody dying of old age or it was their time it was not his time he wasn't this was not yeah. supposed to happen um it, i even told him that it wasn't supposed to happen right before it did and that it wasn't going to happen. And then it yeah. did, and it's like, fuck. That's a whole other story. I'm sure y'all are tired of hearing about that. It's supposed to be a podcast that makes you feel good, and you're supposed to laugh and stuff. But uh, I, I don't know. Like sometimes we can throw serious topics or issues in there. Yeah. I feel like they, I mean, at least from feedback that I've gotten from certain people that reach out to me about it, like, they love it. Well, it feels distasteful talking about money or anything. Uh like but one of my friends said she enjoyed the episode you did by yourself about your dad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad. I needed to get that off my chest. Um, I probably will bring it up a lot. It's still very fresh. Right. And it's your life. We I mean, talk about like stuff that goes on and it's something that you're dealing with. Yeah, it sucks. It's uh it has changed my life dramatically, like emotionally for sure. Uh, I, I mean, right when it was still like brand new, mm-hmm. and I 
was still very confused by it. Like, I was like, am I even going to be able to be funny anymore? Yeah. Uh, I can't find any kind of humor in anything. Yeah. Uh, like, nothing's funny. I can't focus on anything. Yeah. It's still kind of like that. I'm going to go try comedy uh, tonight. I don't know if it's... I've been doing it. I've been doing mics and a couple of shows, too, here and there, but not like I had been. And uh, that's not the place blame on anybody. Uh, it's just life and shit happens and shitty, very shitty things happen. But uh, uh, I, I'm going to try to be funny again. Uh, hopefully I am. I've been doing these mics and I've done... I don't think I've really bombed, per se, since this happened. But uh, it does also feel like... It is a crowd of people that know the circumstances and it does kind of feel like, well, is this... All, is this genuine laughter? They feel bad for me, and they feel like they 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 should, so I don't feel worse. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because people that are there know how it feels to bomb, and it's the worst feeling in the fucking world, aside from a parent dying. Yeah. Um, man, if you if you, if you haven't lost a parent, um, I really hope uh that it doesn't happen for you anytime soon. Anyway, I hope when it does, and, and it will, you know, it's going to. Uh, I hope that uh, you get some kind of like, I don't know, fair warning or something. I don't really know how to put it. Because this was a blind side. This is straight up a fucking, uh, what do you call it? Uh, When somebody like, uh, this is a sucker punch. Um, And as a result, it's really fucked with me. And uh, I still think about it every fucking day. But yeah, I mean, you know, all you can really do is move forward. I'm I'm trying to. I do have uh, a sense of uh, feeling that, you know, he is at peace. I know I mentioned it before and it it does sound, it it would sound corny to me if I weren't the one that that it happened to. But, you know, I did say that, you know, I was begging him if he could hear me. And I like to think that he could. Uh, to show me some kind of sign that he was at least at peace and that uh, everything is is okay for him and that he, you know, is not in pain anymore. And uh, I think, I mean, he, he, was, he had a smirk on his face mm-hmm. uh, at the viewing. Yeah. And I hope that's what that was. It took me the drive back to realize that. I didn't realize it at the time. Uh but I think that's what it was. Um, if 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 ever if signs like that are real, then that's what that was. Well, my grandmother actually died in the hospital. She had a smile on her face afterwards. Yeah, I remember. You remember me telling you that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just crazy. We have stuff like if I feel like you're going through the same motions that I went through when I was going through that stuff when it happened to her. Yeah. And it was not an easy time. No. Like, I completely shut... I don't want to say I shut everybody out, but... I kind of did, in a way, but I don't know. Like I said, I just felt very alone, confused, angry, sad, depressed. Yeah. It's a lot, and you never really... Drained. Yeah. You never really can, like... Like, when people say, like, oh, you know, I'm sorry for your loss, my condolences, blah, blah, blah. Like, I used to say stuff like that when people had family members or parents pass away, but I didn't truly know how it felt. 
once that happened to me, I'm like, oh my God, now it's like I see exactly what these people are going through. And I don't wish that on anybody. Like, I can't, yeah. You can't put in, you can't really articulate to somebody that's happening to, you you can't say. You as well. Nothing you you say can make them feel better, but uh, you do what, you know, when you tell people that you're doing what you're supposed, that's what you're supposed to do, um, people that do that. I Uh, I had a lot of, um, guilt about that I just I know I will always like tell you and stuff like you would assure me that I was like you know helping but I still just felt like oh my god like I don't know like I'm not you know like I said trying to make it about me or anything but it's just I didn't know how to really help yeah well there there are people that went out of their way and did things that I'll never forget like there are uh, some fellow comics that came to the viewing that 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 meant the world to me because it's it was not an easy drive to make to come out there that that meant a lot um one of them in particular that listens i, I don't want to call his name out or put him on i wouldn't say if he put, put him on blast but i mean i don't know if he wants he wrote me a, a a little letter that meant a lot i don't know if i showed you that but it was it, it was very touching and uh if you're listening you know who you are it means a lot to me um, I still had that. I'll, I'll, I'll probably keep that forever. Um, it just was very kind. Um, went above and beyond to show that uh, being, that's the kind of people you want in your life. Mm-hmm. That's somebody that, that, that that's, that's a friendship that's like actually means something. Um, it's not just an acquaintance at this point. That kind of yeah. just showed me. It's like, oh, okay, well, look, man, I got your back. If, this, if God forbid you have something like this happen to you, uh, you know, I, I, I'll do what I can to uh, be there for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, it takes more it takes more effort than you think to do something that nice. Because yeah. he was saying stuff like, you know, like he listens to this. He mentioned that in it, you know, that this kind of makes me, it, it, it doesn't seem like a lot doing this, like it, uh, like it, I'm patting myself on the back for doing it because I'm certainly not, but it does mean a lot that people do listen to it. It makes them feel a little better and it gives them some kind of solace. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, sorry for all the somber episodes, but I think that that makes a good episode, stuff like this, too. Yeah. We don't always have to be funny. It's okay to be a person sometimes. And also, like I always say, you never know what listeners are going through or dealing with this could be something life's they hard. probably have going on in their life and they listen to it and it makes them relate to it yeah life's incredibly hard so it's like if this makes you feel better listening to it i'm glad i'm glad we do that it's why it, in part why we do it yeah i don't really at this point feel like i'm further in my career doing this other than like maybe the patreon takes off and i think for me I enjoy doing it because it's something fun that we get to do together. And then it's like, I kind of get to go like into your world a little bit. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun. I like doing it with you. Like, uh, you've been a great addition to this. Uh, I think it's made the show better. Um, uh, I'm going to try to get some like one with you, one with Wade, one with you, one with Wade. I think both mm-hmm. of y'all are like yeah. favorites. Um, but yeah, I gotta get going. It's let time get past me. I gotta go do this, Mike. Okay. Hopefully, uh, it goes well. You got anything you want to add? No, that's about all. Uh, thanks for listening. I hope, uh, 
I hope you stick around with the Patreon. I understand uh, times are tough. Uh, money's tight sometimes. Yeah. So um, we had a couple of people delete pledges. I understand completely. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't take offense to it. Somebody has a large donation, and I, I, if you're that person and you're listening, the person that has the there's like a forty dollar pledge. You don't feel like you have to pay that every month. That I would be the biggest dick ever to put pressure on you to do that. If you feel like you want to either dial back or not donate at all, uh, feel free, man. Like it means a lot. You did that to begin with, especially when you did it was around the time I was going through all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, that'll help a lot. So uh, that that I'll never forget that. And that the person that did it too uh, has gone through a very hard time himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he you know had his apartment burned down. It made the news. He like he did the like craziest like most heroic thing I've ever seen oh, wow. somebody I know do. Like he uh, his, ha- his his apartment building was burning down, and on the news on the video he like grab he goes back in to grab his dog and is like scaling the building with his his puppy like climbing down it and that person donates to the patreon oh, so we have God. good like patron like all all the people that donate are good people like the best kind of people you could possibly fucking want yeah. so uh yeah don't they, they, if you're listening to this uh you're a cool guy don't don't feel like you uh are pressured to to donate that much unless you just want to and it's welcome <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, I won't think anything of it if you dial it back. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's going to be it for us, though. I got to go do this mic. Um, thank you. We'll have this uh, is the Patreon, so we'll have this episode and a regular episode out uh, to follow it next week. So Later. Later. Bye.